Well, hello there, wonderful teachers. I want to invite you to an event we're doing this summer. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio, so you have to be able to make it there, but it might be worth traveling for if you're able to. It's happening on July 20th and 21st, so that's over a weekend, and it's going to be the best two days for teachers. We're going to have a ton of fun. We're going to learn a lot about pedagogy and creative teaching and business. We have two fabulous guest speakers and we're even going to finish with an optional Kaylee. That's an Irish dancing party. So I hope you'll be able to join me. Just go to vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo that's dot com slash t-u-r-b-o 24 the numbers two four. I hope you'll check it out view all the details there and I hope to see you in Cincinnati in July. On with the episode. Vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. This is the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about bullet journaling for piano teachers. So today on the show, beautiful teachers, we have Carmen back on again, the wonderful Carmen from our team. And she's going to be sharing about her system for bullet journaling, which is fascinating to me. It's not something I've ever gotten into, but I've definitely drooled over some pictures of bullet journals in the past online. So Carmen, give us a brief maybe introduction to why you even looked into bullet journaling and a bit about what it basically means, because it can be a bit of a term that's a bit mysterious to people. Right. Well, first of all, any of my bullet journal entries would not be worthy of ruling over. <laughs> I feel like I should say that first. But, but it does not have to be like that. But the reason I looked into it was just dissatisfaction and with what was out there as far as planners go. They just didn't suit me, whether that was because they just focused on, like, I was always a little like, I don't need something for meal planning. You know, I'm not the cook at my house. My husband cooks, you know, or I don't need to track how many glasses of water a day I get because I just kind of do that naturally. Anyway, it's not a habit I'm trying to build. And I know there are people that are, but it was just so much stuff like that. Or sometimes it would be that it was too little space or way too much. And so it just never suited. So my husband, I think, was the one who was like, well, why don't you make your own? And so then I started looking into just making my own planner, which then brought me to bullet journals and what those are like. And you make them your own. So that was that was perfect for somebody like me. And even though I'm not a visual artist, I am creative and I am a problem solver. I mean, I like to think things through. Like I sew, I know that you sew. And I like to sew. The thing I like best about sewing, though, is creating my own patterns. I almost never use a pattern unless Mm -hmm. I'm just dumped because I just really like to work it out. It's like a puzzle, you know, and figuring it out. And so the bullet journal really pulls that out of me, you know, pulls that problem solving, let's get this little puzzle of my life put together. That's not to say that the puzzle of my life is nicely fitting together all the time, but that that helps me with it. 
Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't realize you were so into creating your own patterns with sewing. It's it's interesting to me because where I started enjoying sewing more again was when I let myself buy patterns. Because pattern making is the thing I was best at in college and it's one of the jobs I had when I came out of college. And it's great that I have that skill and I still enjoy doing it, but it's a very different thing to, you know, making something that is already created for you and already the kinks are already worked out right so you don't well you still should do a 12 for those who know about sewing but I don't anymore and I love that anyway (laughs) that's just about sewing but I see what you're saying about the notebooks because I know I've been in like bookshops or stationery shops you look at them and they look so beautiful like they've got the glasses of water whatever detail they have And it seems like such a good idea. It's one of those things that seems like a great idea, but I'm sure many people listening have bought one, not filled it out, or like you said, had too much space in some areas and felt like it was a waste of paper and then not enough space in other areas. And it just ends up as a mess anyway. So I love this idea of creating your own. It's the same reason I generally just use blank notebooks for all my planning. So how did you first get started with it? Did you look up different templates for bullet journaling or watch like YouTube tutorials? I know there's a lot of YouTube videos out there about this. How did you get started? I did not look at YouTube. And in fact, you saying that, I'm like, oh, that made my, my life so much easier. <laughs> but I, instead, I looked at Pinterest, of course. And yes, and Pinterest is where you see like, amazing things Mm. and and then that like maybe the original creators of bullet journaling there's this very simple instruction and i can't think of the name of who it is right now but i looked at instagram too for them and theirs is just really streamlined and very simple just basically boxes rectangles you know just what you need with titles and things like that and so when I got to that point is when it really started to work for me because when I started I did like I told so like I said my husband was the one who's like make your own journal and he and so I asked him for my birthday when I got started for all those supplies and oh my you can break the bank with the supplies and so I got stencils because I'm not a visual artist and I got stickers and I got special pens and I got special highlighters and I got all the things, you know, it's a birthday gift, but I can tell you that after using them, I just wasn't satisfied with the results. So, you know, that's on me, of course, but, but eventually I I was just like, you know, I did some more and found these very simple looks that I was like, oh, and so I tried some others templates, right? Like set it up this way. And then over time, it really is an evolving project. It evolves and you work with it and you try it. And then you come up with something that, oh, here's what works for me. And what works for me personally is kind of daily things spread out over two pages. And then maybe a spot for lists and a spot for goals if I have goals and I'm the worst goal setter ever, but I, I try. And then what I need to do later. Because like, some stuff you think of it or you need to kind of prep it or get your mind kind of rolling on it before you need to actually do it. So I kind of have it for later or next week list too. So that seemed to work best for me. And I just function better 
if I have some kind of list, I am naturally a fly by the seat of my pants person. That's, that's my default. And so in order to be organized, in order to be sure that I am producing or getting things done, I have to write them down and I really have to be fairly structured about it. Or I'm going to forget something or I'm going to get distracted. You know, all the things that could happen for me. Yeah, I think there's value too. I'm guessing. I'm not like we're opposites in this sense, Carmen. So <laughs> I'm someone whose brain naturally like makes everything into a list without even writing it down. And to me, like the, the process of bullet journaling sounds fun. I haven't even done it, but I'm like, that sounds really satisfying. Like I love, you know, color coding things and making lists and stuff like that. So I'm curious, finding once you'd found your groove with it, is it a process you enjoy setting up the page, like drawing in the boxes or whatever it is you need? Yeah. Or do you just get that done because you need it? I would have to say I'm the, yes, just get it done because I know I need it. That is me. I don't know. I will say, yes, just as I was saying before, that probably what I enjoyed the most was the process of getting there. Mm. And it is true that now that I'm there, you know, where I'm like, this totally works for me. I'm less excited about it because I am. I'm a process oriented person. I enjoy the process of things. And then once they're done, it's sort of like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> kind of like when you do the puzzle and you're like, oh, it's so pretty. Now, what? Yeah. <laughs> so that is kind of the way it is for me. But yeah, I mean, I know that I need it. I know that I function better if I do it. I know that things just get done. And I didn't feel good. You know, I feel mm -hmm. good when that happens because otherwise I guilt myself. Well, you didn't do A, B, C, D. But if I have done A, B, C, D because I had it written down and I could check it off, that's satisfying. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that people that are more visually artistic, like you are, you can draw and do those things, probably would get a lot more satisfaction out of that aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that will vary. I'm sort of thinking, and this is outside of the scope of what you wrote about on the blog, but this is just something that's occurred to me now. If we think about this bullet journal versus if you had have set up like a digital template or bought one that suited you or whatever and printed that out like a week on two pages and just printed it out. I'm thinking the difference of, between those two things because clearly mm -hmm. the bullet journal system is working for you, at least for the moment, maybe it'll evolve, whatever. But I'm curious, even if you don't enjoy the process of like laying it all out each time, whether that actually helps you invest yourself in then completing the list and in following through on the task. Do you think that might be accurate? Absolutely. I think that is absolutely true. That even if I'm not necessarily like jazzed about doing it, there is something to be said about handwriting it that is really important for me. You know, I'm not, I'm very much a visual learner, but I'm also extremely tactile. And so that... That concept of like doing it with my own hand does make it stick better. It makes mm -hmm. me, yes, definitely anything I've written down, 
I'm more likely to remember. And it's just that procedural part of it, you know, and it just keeps it organized. And yeah, just that is definitely a difference. Like, yes, for me, if I just printed those out, I do think that I would be missing a crucial step. As you said, it makes it stickier. Like handwriting has been proven to do that in general versus like, for example, sitting in a lecture and typing notes on your laptop versus handwriting. Like you've shown the learning is stickier if you handwrite it. But also you're almost proving to yourself that you mean it. Like mm. I have invested this time because this list matters to me and therefore I'm going to follow through on it versus if you just like printed something out and even if you hand wrote it, but you just like scribbled it in a few items on a list, that's kind of communicating to your subconscious or to yourself in some way. Yeah, I kind of mean that, but you know, I could go back on that later. <laughs> Does that make right? sense? Yes, I definitely agree with that. I think that's very, very true. And although I do have to admit, I am one of those people that write down things that I just like you know, move to the next day. Cause that's another little bullet mm. trick is like um, making an arrow or some other little icon that, oh, I'm going to move that to the next day. I'm going to move that to this day. So I, I can do that as well, really well, because I am, yes, I do fly by the seat of my pants. So if somebody's like, let's go take a walk outside. It's very likely I'll be like, yes, I am taking that walk and, you know, the email to whatever person that can be late. <laughs> but I, but I think but that's I, a good thing because then oh. you still have it saved, right? So it's still there. You've given it the arrow or whatever symbol or, you know, so it's yeah. still there. We can, you know it that you'll kind of catch yourself <laughs> in a way that you have a backup yeah. plan. For when you yeah. do want to go for a walk, because, you know, you should be free to go for a walk if someone... Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. But, yeah. And and so it does. I mean, it eventually gets done. And you're right. It It is there. It is on the radar. It hasn't all the way fallen off. But, yeah. but yes, I, I agree with you that, that the process is crucial to the whole thing working. Yeah. So let's talk about that process then. If someone wants to try this out, you said your husband bought you all sorts of beautiful things because it was a birthday gift. What have you found to be the essentials? What would you recommend people buy if they want to try this? Well, I think if you really are just like just trying, then you should just start with a dotted ruled notebook. And that could be they make them in the larger eight by 10, whatever size or the smaller kind of five by seven ish size. I, I use the smaller instead of the larger, the larger for me is a bit overwhelming. Mm. And so I would recommend a smaller one in a journal size. And if you need to make sure that the dots are nice and easily visible, because sometimes they're so light and mm. um, so I do have to do them with my reading glasses, but I'm of a certain age. Other people may not have that problem, <laughs> but, but that and then a pen. And honestly, there are fancy pens that people use that are, are not necessary. I mean, you could literally use whatever pen you have in your house and just build from there. Those are the basics. Some people really like super straight lines. I actually prefer the look of a not like super straight line. 
And so I just eyeball it. And so sometimes they look a little wavy, but that's okay. And just, yeah, I would just recommend experimenting with just those things. And then from there, if you're like, well, I'd like to add a little creativity, or if you're a doodler and you find yourself wanting to doodle on your page, then definitely start buying more colored pens and the better range. And, you know, and back to the notebook, one thing about the pens and the notebooks is if your notebook has really thin pages, that determines your pen. So you need a heavier weight page. And so they should say, you know, if you like get it on Amazon or some, or a office supply store or whatever, it'll say the GSM, which is the paperweight. And, um, and I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it maybe one You'd written 120. Yeah. That's what which I thought. Is, okay. Which is reasonably thick for, especially for Americans listening, because I know you don't typically use GSM, but it is mm-hmm. you know, the more international term. It stands for grams. So that's why it's not necessarily used right. in America. I don't always know the equivalent pound weight oh. of paper because they're, they're like... It's confusing the way the way it kind of translates over. But yeah, 120 is like verging on card, almost like it's it's a thicker paper. Right. That's what I would and say. And so you do want it like that because otherwise your pen will show through too much and it'll be bothersome when you flip the page. And you don't want to waste paper, right? You want to be able to use the back side of your pages. Yeah. And yeah. So that's the starter kit. Yeah, and I would say experiment, as you said, like start off Mm -hmm. with something simple. If you already have a notebook somewhere in your house, I know I have a pile of them sitting behind me right now, but none of them have dots. But if you had one with dots sitting around, Mm -hmm. like use that, even if it's got thin pages, just test it out. Maybe use one side of those pages and see whether it's something you might want to do. Just to go back to the paperweight so people are super clear. A regular printer page is 80 GSM. So that just gives you an idea. It's it's quite a bit thicker than that. Yeah. Yeah, to have 120. But it'll feel luxurious. And again, it's about like that investment, you know, it being like this beautiful thing. If you are quite tactile or whatever, you want beautiful paper. People who don't care about that are probably sitting at home going, what? Or like doing the dishes or whatever and they're pausing like what is beautiful paper what is she talking about but if you know you know <laughs> if you care about paper you know what I'm talking about so yeah that's a great tip and then knowing what pen you use whether that will bleed through like definitely check the reviews if you're going to use ballpoint pens you don't need as thick paper for example but a lot of bullet journalers use like an ink type pen like a yeah. Okay. So you mentioned your week on two pages. What other setups have you found useful? Well, I do find it helpful to have like a brain dump page. And that's where, you know, I usually just write brain dump at the top of it. And then I just kind of roll all the things that I need to get done or ideas that I have that I want to expound on and things like that. So I do find that really helpful to just kind of get all that out on paper. And I am a person who writes pretty much every day anyway. And so some of that stuff ends up in there, but anything that doesn't, because I'm not going to like write in my journal about how I need to email such and such parent. 
Probably and I, not yeah. anyway, unless it's a very like sensitive email that you're worried about. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yes, and I have been known to do that. But brain dump pages are very good. The other one that I really like to have is quotes because I do read quite a bit. So I like to have that. And again, I will write my journal about that. But but just quotes that I want to remember or are going to be fodder for some, you know, teaching idea that I have or something like that. Those are really nice to have in that notebook because that's that notebook, that bullet journal is where I am going to look for anything I need to do business wise, teaching wise, whatever that might be. Perfect. Yeah. So what do your, you you mentioned your like yearly and monthly kind of at a glance pages. What all is kind of on there? What detail, how much detail would you go into? I guess is what I'm saying. Well, on the yearly one, I would really just do something that kind of maps out like all the big events or all the big days or holidays or things like that that are going to affect the schedule in general. And so that's what we go on the yearly. So it's very, very broad scope. And then monthly, I would get a little bit more into it. But again, monthly is is not going to list out like my whole lesson schedule. I'm not going to put that on the monthly calendar. I'm going to put uh, like group lessons on a monthly calendar or any kind of special theme week would be on the monthly calendar because like on my daily pages is where I do actually, you know, I have blocks of time for where lessons are. On my daily pages, I literally write out an hour. So six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and still like six PM or so. I generally don't teach past seven. So that's usually the way that mine mine go. But I do also function better if I do almost like the Pomodoro type thing during the day where I'm kind of like focused on one thing. And I like to do um, bits of things each day. Some people, though, prefer to do like, I'm going to do all of this on one day. I'm going to do all of my planning on one day. I actually like to do it the day after. So like today, I'm going to plan Tuesday's lessons. Mm. And so, you know, I do that as I, so I'm a little bit at a time kind of person. So I'm a lot more likely to almost like interleave my day. Right. So I'm more likely to be like, right now I'm going to do emails and next I'm going to write and next I'm going to do this, that, or the other. And that just works best for me. Yeah. Sounds perfect. I think what I'm almost picking up is this is what bullet journaling has helped you almost do is figuring this stuff out because you were able to try so many different systems without buying tons and tons of planners right in different systems you can kind of test things out and test this and test that and discover what way you do work best like some for some people the hour by hour thing even is going to be feel kind of like claustrophobic you know and for others they'll want it like every 15 minutes (laughs) to to be planned out or something so yeah I think experimentation is the name of the game but it's great to hear how it works for you it can give people a starting point Carmen do you have any sort of final words of wisdom or little tips or ideas for people who think they might want to give this a go I think probably my only advice would be to just remember that it's yours 
Nobody needs to see it. You can make it your own. It can be as messy as you want it to be. I think that's probably the big thing is that a lot of people get really wrapped up in it looking beautiful, like what you see. But it's just like anything you see on social media. You know, you're only seeing somebody's absolute amazing best. You're not seeing the 10,000 other tries. And so I would definitely say to let yourself be imperfect, you know, and it'll be perfectly imperfect. And just that, that would be my last word of advice. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. You're only seeing people's best. And with something like bullet journaling, you're often seeing, only seeing the people who have made this their job. Like there's not, you know, there's influencers and stuff in this space. Their job is literally to make a beautiful photo of a bullet journal at this stage. Right. So just bear that in mind. Yours is supposed to be functional. It's not supposed to be, like, if you love making it that beautiful, that's great. But it right. doesn't have to be. So I think that's great to bear in mind. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience, Carmen. Thanks for having me. We would absolutely love to see if you do try out bullet journaling or if you already do it or maybe you have another system that you'd be willing to share. I think the best place to share would be on our Instagram. So I'll post a story and you can share your picture perhaps of what your bullet journaling looks like. I can't wait to see them. If you liked this episode, you would absolutely love Viper Music Teaching Membership. We have the support and the training you need to take your teaching further. Join us today by going to vmt.ninja and signing up. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you loved it and I wanted to pop on here one more time to remind you about our event. It's happening in Cincinnati this July and you can get all the details at vibrantmusicteaching.com slash turbo. See you there.